0: Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, my friends. The opening music was by Save vocal Group from the CD Native Angels by Save. It's a great uh, CD, and I advise anybody to get it. It just really uplifts me when I listen to it. And, of course, uh, I ter- look forward to listening to it on Sunday mornings. There's many spiritual songs and Native American instruments and Gregorian chanting that are unlike anything you've ever heard. If you want to order a copy, contact SAV, a Victor, A-E, dot org, uh, and you can also find them on Facebook as they do live shows and find out when the next shows are. And you can listen to them, of course, on YouTube, and they also have a CD for sale on Amazon. I'm your host, Reverend Sean McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to provide an open-minded platform The focus is on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out uh, of Ryrie's Study Bible, and of course, you may use any Bible you wish. I've had many spiritual experiences, and I share them here with you. And in gratitude, we do have an ongoing Sunday morning Bible reading, and we're making our way straight through the New Testament. And uh, I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message as it's given to me, I hope. And the calling number to listen is 619-924-9744. Or if you want to uh, say a prayer or ask for a prayer for somebody, I'd be happy to uh, add them in in our prayers here. So let's do our opening prayer as a traditional. Let's say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Christos. And we pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide, the freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy, or they have lost their lives. We pray for all those suffering from violence here at home and abroad, and we pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes and freedom from addiction and help for them of all kinds. Please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect them and everyone else and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out for those who suffer in the world, including the animals. We can't speak for themselves, and we also pray for our soldiers here and abroad. That they come back safely and that once here, that they are helped if they need it. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers as they have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for problems of suffering all over the world. Thank you, God. Amen. We ask this to bless us, Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. And for everyone and their families who are in our prayers, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy birthday to everybody. It has a birthday or anniversary today. I wish you a very happy and blessed birthday and a very prosperous year ahead. And if you'd like me to wish anybody a happy birthday, just let me know. And, uh, of course, you can fi- find me on Facebook. Please call in if you have a special prayer request or positive intention. Our phone number is 619 Well, there's also a couple resources if you don't have a Bible. It's www.biblegateway.com. And all my favorite online references www.biblia.com. Now last week we were reading chapter 15, where Peter explains all his actions are, are holy, and he's all, and, and this and also the uh, circumcision. You don't have to have it. It's important. This part is important because. The Gentiles, remember, were being welcomed into the church, and they weren't circumcised, but they're still welcome to Christianity. So in the first chapter, we're going to read Paul meets, we're going on moving to Paul, who meets Timothy, and uh, Paul's next stop is in Lystra, where he meets a Christian named Timothy. And Timothy's dad was Greek, so he means he was never circumcised. So uh, Paul goes ahead and asks him to have it done. And they say here, ouch. But anyway, Paul thinks it's to strengthen their street cred with the Jews will meet in their upcoming travels. It was not necessary, and but they did it anyway. So this, everybody, let's uh, turn to chapter 16, as we begin reading. Chapter 16 in Acts. The title is Churches Revisited. And he was traveling through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Paul also came to Derbe and to Lystra, and a a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily to Europe. They passed through the Prygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Interesting. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus would not permit them. And passing by M-Y-S-I-A, Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding... ...that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, the work at Philippi. So, putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Soma Trace, ...and on the day following the Neopolis, and from there to Philippi... ...which were a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony... ...and we were staying in the city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out to the gate to a riverside... ...where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer and we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. It happened that as we were going to a place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her master much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bond servants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, came out that very moment. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before authorities. And when they had brought them to the street chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and they are proclaiming customs that are not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrate tore the robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" They said, "Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved you and your household, the word of the Lord to him, together with all those who were in his house and he took them he and he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household, and he brought them into his house and set food before them. Rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Now when the day came, the chief magistrates sent for their policemen, saying, Release those men. And the jailer reported to the words to Paul, saying, The chief magistrates have sent to release you. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us in public without a trial. Men who are Romans and have thrown us into prison, And now they are sending us away secretly? No, indeed. But let them come themselves and bring us out. The policemen reported these words to the chief magistrate. They They were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and appealed to them. And when they had brought them out and kept begging them to leave the city, they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. So that brings us to 17, which will be for next week. So that's a a very interesting story. So let's go back and read the notes. And um, we're starting at 3, circumcise him. The Jerusalem council had declared that circumcision was not necessary for salvation or for acceptance into Christianity. But because of Timothy's part Jewish background, it seemed expedient in his case in order to enlarge his local usefulness in witnessing. In the case of Gentile Titus, Paul insisted that he not be circumcised, so I guess it depended on the circumstances. Okay. 16.4. The decisions arise at Jerusalem. Okay, so 16.6. Paul traveled to a noteworthy direction of Asia, to Troas and on to Greece. On a location of the Galatian region, See the introduction of Galatians, but anyway. 16.9, although the man of Macedonia represented all culture, intelligence, religion, and achievements of the Greek civilization, he was spiritually bankrupt. So that's why in the dream he imploring Paul and Silas to go up over there to Macedonia. 16.10, we, Luke joined Paul and his group at Troas and went with him to Philippi, where he remained with the others. Six or seven years later, he rejoined Paul. Remained with him until the end of the narrative. So I thought it was interesting, also that it was Luke talking now, and he was actually talking in the first person. And I haven't read the Bible too often. It, to me, it read just like a letter. I haven't read it too often in the first person in the Bible. So the notes continue. Philippi. Um, okay, the well, Philippians, a Roman colony, was like a piece of Rome transplanted abroad that those who held citizenship in a colony enjoyed the same rights they would have had if they lived in Italy. Other colonies mentioned in the act include Phaesodian, Antioch, uh, Lystra, Troas, T R O S, Pultimus, and Corinth. Okay, then 1613, outside the gate of Riverside. Apparently there was no synagogue in Philippi. It required at least 10 Jewish men to organize one. Okay, the cellar of purple that refers to Lydia and, uh Asia Minor was, favored. It was famous for its purple dye and, and her household when he's talking about her whole household was saved. that actually meant her associates servants and even children okay so now we're at 1616 a spirit of divination the girl was demon possessed and was being exploited by her masters in 1620 throwing our city into confusion being Jews Judaism was not a prohibited religion The cult of the emperor being the official religion, but propagating it was regarded as a menace. Paul and Cyrus were regarded as Jews, since at this time the Romans considered Christianity to be a Jewish sect. That's interesting to know. Okay, 1631. And your household. These words must be connected with believe as well as be saved. Each member of the household must believe in order to be saved. And now we're at the last uh, note. 1637, our Romans, Paul was born a Roman citizen, which gave him certain rights, including a public hearing. Scourging of any Roman citizen was prohibited by law, and the rights of Paul and Silas, therefore, were already been violated. So that's the end of that story. So we'll go on to uh, Acts 17 next week. And that was very interesting to me. I hope that you found it interesting. Okay, now let's see... I am going to find a, a story in my little uh, guy post magazine, which I really like,
1: and um,
0: I think i read a little funny story this morning. Um, this one is by Robert Fulgram and F-U-L-G-H-U-M, if you recognize that name, he's an author, but This story is about one big dog versus one big love. A man and a woman I know fell into big love somewhat later in life than usual. She was 40 and he was 50. Neither had been married before, but they knew about marriage. They had seen the realities of that sacred state up close among their friends. They determined that overcome was as many potential difficulties as possible by working things out in advance. Prenuptial agreements over money and property were prepared by lawyers. Preemptive counseling over perceived tensions were provided by psychologists who helped them commit all practical promises to paper and with full reciprocal tolerance for irrational idiosyncrasies. Get married once, do it right, and live at least agreeably, if not happily ever after, so they hope. One item in their agreement concerned pets and kids. Item number seven, we agree... To have either children or pets, but not both. The man was not enthusiastic about departing relationships. De- dependent, excuse me, relationships. Kids, dogs, cats, hamsters, goldfish, snakes, or any other living thing had to be fed or water Had never had a place in his life, not even houseplants, and especially not dogs. She, on the other hand, liked taking care of living things, especially children and dogs. Okay, so she had to choose. She chose children, He obliged three daughters, in three years. Marriage and family life went quite well for a long time. Their friends were impressed. So far, so good. The children reached school age. The mother leapt eagerly into the bottomless pool of education volunteerism. School needs funds for art and music. The mother organized a major league auction to raise money, and every family agreed to provide an item of substantial value for the event. The mother knew a lot about dogs. And she had raised dogs all her life, the pedigree champion kind. She, she planned to use her expertise to shop the various local puppy mitt pounds, to find an unnoticed bargain pooch, and shape it up for the, the option of her contribution. With small investment, she would make a tenfold profit for the school, and in a couple of days at least, there would be a dog in the house. After a month of looking, she found the wonder dog, the dog of great promise. Female, four months old, blue eyes, tall strong, confident, and very, very, very friendly. To her practice eye, our mother could see that classy genes had been accidentally mixed there. Two purebred dogs of the highest caliber were combined to produce exceptional animal. most likely a black labrador or a rimaran, as she thought. Perfect, just perfect. To those of us untreated eyes, this must look like the results of a blind date between a Mexican burrow and a miniature muskox. The fairy dog mother went to work. The dog was inspected in the shop for the vet, fitted with an elegant leather collar and leash, equipped with a handsome bowl, a ball, a rawhide bone. Expenses: fifty dollars for the pound, fifty to the vet, fifty to the beauty park, sixty for tack and equipment, and fifty for food. A total of two hundred sixty on a dog that was going to stay forty-eight hours before auction time. The father took one look and paled. He smelled smoke. He couldn't give ten bucks. Keep it for an hour. Dog, as father named it, has a long, thick rubber club of a tail, legs, and feet that remind him of a hairy toilet plunger and is big, already big enough for four months, at four months old, to roll over the girls and their mother in unrestrained enthusiasm. The father knows this is going to be one big dog, something a zoo might display. I'm nervous, it has eaten all its food in one day, and has left for teeth marks on a chair leg and a leather ottoman and his father's favorite golf shoes. The father is patient about all this. After all, it's only a temporary arrangement and for a good cause. He remembers item number seven, the prenuptial agreement. He is safe. On Thursday night, the school fair gets off to the winning start. big crowd of parents and many guests that look flush with money, arty decorations, fine potluck food, and a cornucopia of auction items. The mother baths in her triumph. Dog comes up the auction block much earlier than planned because she, because the father went out to the car to check on dog and found it methodically eating off the leather off the car's steering wheel, and after having crunched holes in the padded dashboard, After a little wrestling match, getting dog into the mother's arms and up onto the stage, the mother sits in a folding chair cradling dog with a solemn tenderness reserved for a corpse, corpse that awake while well, the auctioneer described the pedigree of the animal and all the fine effort and neat equipment thrown in with deal, What am I big for this wonderful animal? $100 over here, $200 on the right, 350 on the middle. There was a sniffle on from the mother. Tears were running down her face. Dog was licking the tears off her cheeks. and a whisper not really meant to, for public to notice, the mother calls to her husband, Jack, Jack. I can't sell this dog. I want this dog. This is my dog. She loves me. I love her. Oh, Jack. Every eye in the room was on this soapy drama. The father feels ill, realizing the great bowling ball of fate has headed down his alley. Please, Jack, please, please, she whispered. At that moment, everybody in the room knows who's going to buy the pooch. Dog is going home with Jack. Having no fear now of being stuck themselves, several relieved men set the bidding on fire. Dog was going to set an auction record. The repeated $100 raise in price was matched by the soft please Jack from the stage and Jack's almost inaudible raise in bidding, $5 at a time. There was a long pause at $1,500 going once, going twice. They sobbed from the stage. And for $1,505, Jack was bought himself a dog. Add the upfront cost, and he's a... Seventeen hundred and sixty five hours. The noble father is applauded as his wife rushes the stage to throw her arms around his neck while dog wraps a leash around both their legs and they go down into the first row of chairs. A memorial night at the PTA. I see Jack out being walked by the dog late at night. He's the only one strong enough to control it, and he hates to have the neighbors see him being dragged along like this, the most expensive dog for hundreds of miles. The dog has become Marilyn, and she is big enough to plow now, with now. Maryland may be the world's dumbest dog having been to obedience school twice with no apparent effect. Jack is still stunned. He can't believe it has happened to him. And he had, th- he had thrown it down on paper. Number seven, kids or pets or both. But the complicated clauses of fine print of marriage contract are always unreadable and always open to revision by forces stronger than a man's ego. The love boat always leaks. And marriage is never a done deal. I say he got off light. It could have been ponies or llamas or pot-bellied pigs. It would have been something, as it always is. I hope you enjoyed that as I did. A very happy story. And I really appreciate everybody listening this morning. And I wish you all the best in the world. And um, God bless you in any way. And uh, I appreciate your listening, and how many people are listening? Archives. I'm getting wonderful feedback, and I I sure hope you are enjoying our Sunday morning little service here. So, as our tradition, we do the Serenity Prayer, and uh, after a moment of meditation, for those who are out there still suffering, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom. To know the difference Amen And in closing May God bless you And keep you in his loving arms So that you may have the strength To face whatever is ahead You are never alone God loves you so much And may your best dreams come true And true love live in your heart Remember you can message me If you have any concern Or request for prayers or both and Or I just need to discuss something You can reach me on Facebook And bye bye my friends And happy trails to you God bless you in every way. Bye-bye.